Welcome to Mums in the Making. Storm's grappling with the realities of being a new mum. And Rachel is currently pregnant. And neither of us has a clue what we're doing. And it would appear that neither do any of you. This week on Mums in the Making, we discuss home births. Just imagine like Bunny with her head over the edge of the paddling pool. <laughs> like <laughs> Sandy fishing poo out of the water with a little uh, fishing rod. We hear some of your experiences. Uh, it was beautiful and I wouldn't have changed it for the world, even though I felt every single contraction. We also get some advice from a professional on how to start brushing your little one's teeth. Let them see their teeth in the mirror and then it feels like they've got a bit more control over the situation. And Rachel and I continue to come up with ideas as to why my son prefers my husband. It could also be that Kerr showers more than me, so he probably smells better. No, I, I, it's impossible. I'm sure <laughs> your natural musk outweighs Kerr's Lynx Africa Christmas set. <laughs> Hello. Hi. How are you feeling? I am feeling this week, whether it's reaching the six month mark or whether it's getting into a new space and the move being over I don't know but something has happened in my brain in the last week something has just like tweaked it's this weird feeling and it could be and I wondered about this that just the whole priority is the baby now and it's just like none of the really silly shit that I might have obsessed over before matters so Mm. stuff that I would have been anxious about or ruminated about or you know really given myself a hard time about and that could be anything from getting feedback on a piece of work that I was really proud of (laughs) so I get some gentle feedback and then I spend two days thinking oh my god why do I even do this I'm terrible um or (laughs) having a conversation with someone and then going and analyzing it and being like oh god was that you know, did that offend them when I said that? I'm like, what did their face look like when I said that? Should I read into that? All of this stuff, even yeah. stuff with the podcast, like are people listening? Do people enjoy it? Like this week, I've just achieved this weird inner peace where I'm like, I mean, who gives a shit? <laughs> that is so nice. I know it sounds terrible, but it's it's not a callous no. way. I think like I'm an over you know, obsess about things sometimes and I overcare a lot of the time mm. about stuff that doesn't matter, which is probably in the top 20 of Sandy complaints about me <laughs> this week. Um, because, you know, he, he's just like, he's, he just always says, who cares? Like, just, you know, why would that matter? Because he's much more a straightforward thinker, whereas I'll take stuff away and really dwell on it. Um, not that I want to give you any of that anxiety back (laughs) but I think we should talk about a birth plan have you thought any more about so again coming at it with an open mind because I know so many people that I love who had their first babies and were very fixed in their birth plan and I'm going to do this and I'm going to this going to be you know it's going to be in a a water bath and my husband's going to be throwing rose petals over my head and scenting the water with something lavender and delicious. <laughs> and then they've had this horrendous 36-hour cesarean emergency experience. So I have a very open mind. I would 
unlike we haven't discussed it with my midwife although i have my midwife appointment next week so maybe Mm -hmm. that's when she will ask me these questions but i feel like i would like to have a natural birth even though saying that out loud terrifies me but i'm not married to that idea i don't mind are we talking home birth here no mainly because (laughs) i feel like if something were to go wrong i would want to be near lots of doctors i know people who have had very successful home births and had really lovely experiences and that was really important to them but actually no part of me wants to give birth in the house i'm just imagining like bunny with her head over the edge of the paddling pool (laughs) (laughs) sandy fishing poo out of the water with her little um, fishing rod uh but not no part of me wants that and i don't know whether that's because i want to keep it separate from where i then go back to and it's like a comfortable space you know if something went wrong or if it wasn't a pleasurable experience or um, <laughs> i mean as if it was a bad experience i wouldn't want to then have that reminder in my home Maybe. I actually have never thought about that. That's a really, really valid, good point. Having said that, anyone I've spoken to that has had a home birth, and this is just people I've spoken to, have all had really positive experiences, but they haven't been their first child. They've Mm. had their first child in hospital, felt secure about it, knew what they were in for, and made the decision that they can do that in at home where they feel more comfortable and so they had a really great experience I thought anyone doing a home birth for the first time at home was either incredibly brave or a complete idiot I mean what kind of maniac would go through that sort of trauma on their own without a doctor nearby I just I can't fathom it well our mum squad were happy to clear things up and tell us a little bit about their home birth experiences we'll start with Alex so I've had two pregnancies, two children, and um, for both of them we planned a home birth. The first one we did transfer in, but it was very calm and we had a really, really short and positive experience at the hospital. And then the second, um, we also did plan to be at home, but even if we hadn't, she would have come at home because it was a very rapid labour. Um, at 41 weeks and I left the house in the morning for a quick walk, felt a couple of cramps while I was buying croissants, came home, told my husband that I was having a couple of cramps and then within two hours she was born in our living room into the water with two midwives and Al there and it was the most yeah beautiful and empowering experience of my whole life um we got amazing care and a couple of hours later we were just sitting on the sofa eating pizza and we never had to go back into hospital everything was really well so we were very lucky um and throughout my whole pregnancy all of my appointments were at home And they were all with the same midwife, so I saw her for every single appointment and she was at my birth. Um, Yeah, so it went very well for us and I I really couldn't recommend it highly enough. Also, both births, no tears, no episiotomies, so none of that kind of extra stuff. 
Um, and the second time, the placenta also came without having an injection, so I had a physiological delivery of the placenta. And also something to mention about um, home births in general, maybe I think people think that you can't have any pain relief if you're at home. Um, and while you can't have the full suite of options, you can still, if you want to, have gas and air. <clears throat> so the midwives will bring a full a delivery kit and they'll also bring um, gas and air. So if you do want to make use of that, you can. Hello, I'm Rachel Henderson. I seen your story and I had a water birth. I actually had a water birth at home. Um, you'll hear the children in the background, so please ignore. Um, water birth baby is now four and a half going on five months um, I had done a lot of research leading up so I kind of knew roughly what to expect I had written out a really formal birth plan that my midwives were all really on board with and I actually got to do a totally um, uninterrupted birth by myself in the pool in my home and caught my own baby and left my cord attached and everything and everything went to plan Hi, Katie here. I opted for a home birth because my friend had had an unplanned home birth that she had a good experience. And also, I didn't want to be sent home from hospital because I wasn't far enough along. Also, if anything did go wrong, I was only a five minute drive away from the hospital. My sister was with me from quite early on as my second birth partner. My husband had gone to Lincoln for the night for work, but he had to turn around and come back again. By the time my husband and the midwife arrived, I was already fully dilated. I then pushed for three hours. If I had been in hospital, I think they would have been interventions, which I was very keen to avoid. So I was glad I was at home because there were no interventions. I had done an online hypnobirthing course, so I felt fairly prepared for a home birth. My labor was about seven hours, so not too bad for a first time mum. And apart from the pain, my home birth experience was everything that I wanted it to be. Hi Storm and Rachel, love the show. And yeah, just want to share my experience of my home birth. It was a water birth and it was the best experience I've ever had. I had twins previously, so that was in hospital, epidural, monitored with an inch of my life. So being in my own home, my own surroundings, with my husband on tap who was running around making me drinks and something to eat and the midwife something to eat and drink he had a really vital role and uh, he felt really involved and we had my affirmation cards posted on all the kitchen wall and yeah having the pool in the kitchen and just my song list playing uh, it was beautiful and I wouldn't have changed over the world even though I felt every single contraction because all you have is uh, gas and air at home it was completely worth it and it was the most beautiful birth and I'm hoping to have uh, a home birth again with my I'm pregnant again with my uh, um, my next baby I would love to be submerged in water because at the moment basically the only thing that <laughs> makes me feel better whenever I have any ache or pain or my trap nerve is to be in the bath and I can sit in the bath for half an hour and have no pain for hours after that it just completely relaxes me so if I were able to be in a bath 
but be in the hospital surrounded by doctors. That's the sweet spot. You absolutely can. You can have a water birth. So there might be a difference between Scotland and England here. I gave birth in England and here you can either give birth in most hospitals in a birthing centre, which will be very close by the labour ward. So in the birthing centre, there aren't very many doctors. It is all midwives. It's much more holistic and natural and there's a lot less drugs in, in medical intervention. The minute you need medical intervention, you tend to get wheeled over to the labour ward and you can decide mm. where you want to be. I ideally wanted to be in the birthing centre and doing a water birth similar to what you're choosing but I got gestational diabetes which meant I was going to have to have my baby early so it was going to have to be induced there was going to have to be medical intervention anyway which meant I was over with all the doctors which you know again wasn't actually a bad uh, plan B for me to be honest. Were were you heartbroken by that? I mean how wed were you to the birthing plan because I know that some people really get attached to it and then really get upset when it doesn't go to plan yeah I mean I think you have to go into it with an open mind I think it's great to have a plan it's great to be really open with your midwives and have it explicitly written what you would like to happen so they get a general gist of who you are and what you're about and get a better idea of you know when you're in a complete sane pain-free mind what your decisions would be but I don't think you can understand how you're going to feel during birth until you're in it and I weirdly I'm I'm quite I, I like to be in control of things I have no objection to medical intervention and doctors being involved so the thought of a planned cesarean didn't repulse me in any way I was always quite open to that too but while I was pregnant I just went into this real zen zone and I became incredibly confident that I was going to be able to give birth you know pain uh, pain free painkiller free in the water birth quick labor I, I had it completely in my head that this is what was going to happen almost sort of a hypnobirthing thing without actually having done any hypnobirthing it was like my body was just telling me this is what's going to happen and I was so you're confident. manifesting I was kind of <laughs> manifesting it but not I had it not consciously I was pretty confident in my abilities to do it so in that way I was disappointed but as I said I was never repulsed by the idea of a cesarean and actually the thought of it being quite controlled and I knew what was happening and I knew the time and I knew what my recovery period was going to be like. I felt quite calm going into that as well. So I think as long as you keep an open mind, it's good to have a preference and for the midwives to know what your preference are. But how on earth do you start to come up with a birth plan? Here's our midwife Carla with some advice. Making a birth plan is a really good idea. They can be as complex or as simple as you want them to be. But a really good place to start is the NHS website. If you go on there and search birth plan, there's a great template and it asks you lots of different questions and it'll get your mind thinking about things to consider and what your preferences might be for your labour and your birth. So things like what pain relief do you think you want? What position do you want to be in? Do you want to go in the water? What music do you want? Who do you want with you? Loads of different questions and loads of different options that you can consider and you can write down. What I would urge you all to think about is to be a little bit open-minded and flexible with that plan. Once you get into labour, quite often you find that what you thought you wanted has completely changed. So if you didn't want to try gas and air, you might now really want to try it. If you didn't want to get up and move around, now you might really want to. So 
go in with an open mind and be prepared that if that plan changes, then that is absolutely fine. And we will support you to achieve the best birth experience that is possible with you and your baby being safe in line with that birth plan. So I, I was actually also keen to have a planned C-section. That's the other thing. But we live, the house, the flat that we're moving to is two floors up and four flights of stairs and the recovery period from having a c-section i would be concerned that i would leave the house for six weeks or however long and although sandy will be at home and will be helping i want to be able to move up and about and and do things a bit more which apparently is is more possible when you have a natural birth yeah, I mean, 100% recovery period, all being well, is much quicker if you give natural birth. However, I will say that the whole, oh, you'll be in bed for two weeks after a cesarean, bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on it <laughs> because the night after I gave birth, I gave birth at nine o'clock in the morning. By nine o'clock in the evening, Kerr was told to get to from the hospital. The midwife came round and went, your catheter's full. And I was like, okay. And she was like, well, you better empty it then. What? So not only did I have a newborn lying right next to me in, in this little cot thing, she wanted me, and I'd just been cut open through God knows how many layers of my tissue. She wanted me to get up, go to a bathroom, which as a bit of a germaphobe, I was struggling with public <laughs> bathrooms anyway. Empty a, Figure out how you empty a catheter figure out how I was going to wash my hands while holding on to a catheter, which is attached to, you know, the down belows, and then get back into bed and 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 all being groovy. And I did it, and it was fine. <laughs> See, the catheter is actually the part that I'm most stressed about, I think. Really? Yeah, I have a real thing about, like, that. Just have... <laughs> Do you know what it is? This is so bad. So <laughs> I watched one of these shows, which was like... um. 101 weird things removed from the human body and a lot of them were things that had been inserted into people's urethras and I don't I don't I don't think I've ever recovered from it so anytime there's any kind of mention of catheter or anything there was one guy <laughs> sorry for the squeamish this is your warning there's some explicit content coming up one guy to surprise his partner on valentine's day had inserted a flower into his urethra so the flower head was coming out the top of his willy oh but he didn't gosh. but he didn't realize that that particular flower has barbs on the stalk <gasps> so when he pulled it out he shredded his urethra and i watched that as you know a young adult i'm gonna say probably the show was too old for me and since then <laughs> i've just been absolutely terrified any chat of catheters any chat of anything going in there oh, that's not no supposed wonder. to. <laughs> I have to say though, I have to say, it was quite nice not to have to get up to go for a wee. I was a bit disappointed when they took it out. I got really used to it. I, I thought, thought I could live with it. I thought you were going to say, well, I'll tell you something, it was quite a nice Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's damaged for life, but you know, it was a nice surprise. Thanks, Care. <laughs> No. Um, but it's worthwhile just getting to think about your birthing plan and, and considering what your dream scenario would be, what things are an absolute no-no for you 
um, and what things... Cause, because also, I think a lot of women, although absolutely take guidance from doctors, I certainly did, on my birthing plan was um, in any situation that's an emergency, I just want the doctor to do whatever they think is the most appropriate at that time. I, I will I will put everything in the hands of the NHS. However, it is completely down to you. You get to decide when it comes to your baby. Even if they say the baby needs to be induced, you can decide whether you think that's the right thing or not. If they're saying, you know, sometimes they say the baby's measuring small, the baby for me the baby was measuring big, it needs to come early. And and maybe you want to dispute that with the midwives and you're allowed to have that discussion and you're allowed to make a decision for you and your baby. Mm. Um, but again, the NHS is there to help and yeah, they've I, seen it I a mean, million times before. What I want to avoid ideally, aside from all the obvious horrible things, is I don't want to have one contraction and then say, okay, hospital bag, let's go, and then spend two days... You know, I don't want to panic early. I would rather wait it out for as long as possible at mm. home, moving like a cow, bouncing on a exercise ball, groaning, whatever it is, screaming in agony. But I want to do that for long enough that I know I am likely to be dilated enough for stuff to happen quite quickly after I get to the hospital. But also, I think there's a cutoff for epidurals and things, isn't there? You have to be in within a certain dilation window there is but for for most people particularly with a first birth i think there is quite a lot of time between feeling your contractions and giving birth mm. i believe when you start to moo like a cow it's time to get <laughs> into the car and go to the hospital no no if i remember my nct classes <laughs> correctly that was the sign that it's time to get into the, the car and go to any or, or call your taxi or whatever that's when they want to see you until that point they're not that fussed okay do you know what size the baby is? Do you know what you're growing at the moment? What stage are we at? What week are we at? 24 weeks. So that's six months. Absolute milestone in my book. And it's an aubergine. <laughs> baby Masaka is finally an aubergine. So it's been great to hit 24 weeks and just be able to tell myself and other people that I'm six months pregnant. That's a whole half year. That is a long time. So I'm feeling very chuffed to have reached six months. You're feeling properly pregnant oh, yeah. now. There's no messing. Yeah, yeah. You've survived it for that yeah. long. It's now a, a, an aubergine, so it's taking up the whole of your <laughs> uterus in the perfect shape, which is ideal. And do you have any idea what's going on in there at the moment in terms of what you're, you're developing? Uh, so I know that she can hear loud noises and she can blink in reaction to loud noises, which is likely because we have a very barky dog, as you know. Um, and <laughs> I believe that she will start opening her mouth soon and drinking amniotic fluid if she's not doing it already. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Um, they start drinking their own pee. Very whoa, strange. Oh, yeah, I hadn't considered that. But she's also getting finger and toe prints this week. So, I know, adorable. Yeah, and she is, she's been very active the last week or so. Still, Sandy can't feel a thing. <laughs> she's like somersaulting at 5am and I'm grabbing his hand and sort of dragging it over <laughs> while he's asleep. 
And he wakes up like, I'm not going to feel it. Please just let me sleep. And I'm like, just shh. No, nothing. So yeah, we're still not at the stage where he can feel anything. Um, But I can feel it. He will. He will. Don't worry. But when can partners and family normally start feeling the baby kick? Here's Carla with the answer. So although we as mums feel our little ones start to kick and move around from about 16 weeks, often this doesn't translate to the outside world. So you might feel lots and lots of movements. And when your partner puts the hand on your tummy, you can't feel anything at all. That's because your baby is still really, really small. And there's lots of layers of skin, fat, muscle and fluid separating the outside world from your baby. So usually from about 20 weeks, when your baby's grown a bit bigger, your partner might start to feel kicks and movements on the outside, and that will develop as your baby grows and becomes bigger and stronger, and you might see more kicks and movements. It also depends on where your placenta is. So if you've got an anterior placenta, so your placenta is at the front of your womb, acting like a big cushion, sometimes it's really hard to detect any movements from the outside. So you might be feeling lots, but then your partner struggles to feel them. So it does just depend on how big your baby is and your placenta, but usually from 20 weeks onwards. So you've hit the milestone of six months, which is fabulous, but you've also hit another milestone in terms of just general life, I suppose, because you moved this week as well, which is not easy when you are six months pregnant and have carpal tunnel yeah and also for sandy probably less easy when i decide to repot my plants in the middle of the house move he's like packing he's like packing (laughs) things up and i'm like oh i think i think my monstera has new growth have you seen this he's like i don't give a shit about the plants babe let's get the stuff in the van um so yeah i was probably more hindrance than help in in a lot of ways but he did it. Sandy is champion nester. That is his, you know, reason for being is to nest. <laughs> so he is absolutely overjoyed that we're in the new house and he can put things in the place that they're meant to be put and he can finally unpack because he's essentially been living in our old flat out of a suitcase and a couple of bags for the last six months. So now, yeah, so now all of his things are here. His arms and legs are no longer poking out the windows, a la Alice in Wonderland. Um, and yeah, he's he's happy. But it's it's hilarious because we stay across from, there's a lot of works getting done. So um, scaffolding on the building opposite. And it must be a Northern Irish company who are looking after it because the security system, like unlike any security system I've ever heard or seen in my life, if something triggers the alarm, and I assume this could be human, cat, you know, anything moving yeah. across this alarm, floodlights go on in the middle of the night, all hours of the night, and then this voice goes, warning, your presence has been detected. <laughs> this, the owner has been contacted. <laughs> and sorry, excuse anyone Northern Irish listening, because that's a terrible accent, but the it's yelling in Northern Irish accent which is just a completely surreal experience. We laugh every time we hear it, but we have had to move to the back of the the flat. So we are staying in the room at the very back of the house, which will be the baby's nursery because it's the quieter one. But anytime you're in any other part of the house, you've just got this Northern Irish guy putting a light on through the window and yelling. (laughs) Which has been quite surreal to get used to, but... 
I mean, I'm glad you're laughing about that because I tell you when it gets towards the end of your pregnancy, it gets tougher and tougher to sleep and you won't oh, be yeah. finding that quite oh, so Oh, well, funny. like, I mean, I say that, but also I was top, like, pregnant Karen on day one. As soon as it went off, I was like, right, I am getting the number for, this, for the building company and I'm finding out exactly when this is finishing. So I've already called and they're finishing just in time for baby's arrival at the end of August. They'll be wrapped up. So... Uh, Northern Irish guy will only be with us for the summer. Uh, well, fingers crossed that that uh, building goes to plan and doesn't go over <laughs> in their time schedule. I'll be throwing my repotted plants across the way. And there'll be some size by that point, so that's quite something. Um, I uh, got in trouble online this week. <laughs> really? For what? Yeah, by a dentist. Oh. <laughs> so remember weeks and weeks ago, I was talking about starting to brush Otis's teeth. He got yeah, two yeah. little pegs and I wanted to start that good oral hygiene really quick, get him used to it so nothing was a surprise. He did not like the toothbrush that somebody had actually gifted me, I think. And, and to be fair, it was massive. It was like an adult-sized <laughs> toothbrush. I was trying to thrust it into like a six-month-old's mouth. It was not no wonder the, the appropriate toothbrush. <laughs> Um, so I ordered loads and loads of stuff online. Loads. Of, I had a silicon brush. I had um, a tiny little brush that he could hold. That he could also use the other side to sort of brush his tongue. These long, thin things. A little brush that you shove in your finger. And then I decided the toothpaste might have been an issue. So I bought Minty Fresh toothpaste. Babies don't like Minty Fresh. No, they, it's they, too, I mean, spicy. It goes, too spicy. Too yeah. spicy. <laughs> Why so spicy? <laughs> So <laughs> that wasn't a good idea. So then I thought, oh, I'll try some fruit toothpastes, mm -hmm. you know. So I picked up a banana one and then there was a strawberry one. I thought, grand, let's go for that. You like strawberries? Perfect. So I'd been using the banana one with the silicon brush and he kind of liked that, but I thought we better shake things up so he doesn't get bored. So I tried another little more traditional brush, but a tiny little version with a big giant handle and some strawberry toothpaste. So I filmed it and put it online to show that I was doing something else. Um, just the life is weird now. <laughs> the world is weird. Even saying that out loud. Who am I? Just, just adding to Otis's list of things that he must endure on his 18th oh. birthday. And now we have the Instagram stories from 2023 where I invited people to follow us on your <laughs> toothbrushing journey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to crawl into a hole of shame after this. But I did. Because I think it is quite difficult to do, and I all these products are really expensive, so I don't want other people to have to go out and buy all oh, of yeah, these. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I support you. I'm on the journey. <laughs> I'm bought in. I've got my ticket. <laughs> okay, well, I've got some advice for you now, mostly because I've been given it by a dentist who gave me into trouble. Um, and I was putting the toothpaste on, and I, Otis quite liked it. It all seemed to be working well. I thought, oh, good, I should get some positive messages about that. First message in, ding. It was from a dentist. So I had given him, by accident, I hadn't read the label properly, fluoride-free toothpaste. Okay. Big no-no. Oh. Big no-no. Do not give your baby, your toothpaste has to have fluoride in it. Oh. And if you don't give a baby fluoride, it doesn't get all the stuff that it needs to build nice, strong teeth. And if you are on that journey, here is some advice from a professional. Hello ladies, this is Marla here. I'm from Leamington Spa and I'm a dental hygienist. Um, just giving you a little bit of advice with regards to toothbrushing. So start brushing your child's teeth as soon as the teeth start to appear. Um, 
It's a good idea. I mean, sometimes they start to appear between four to six months, sometimes quite early. My child, I think it was about 10 months. Um, and then what you should do is let them watch you brushing and then they'll get the idea that it's an okay thing to do and it's nothing to worry about. If they start to push you away a little bit, what I say is a good idea. When you brush their teeth, try to go behind them and let them see their teeth in the mirror and then it feels like they've got a bit more control over the situation. That can help a little bit. Just keep trying, but try not to make it this big battle. Try not to worry about that too much. And the first dental appointment um, between six to 12 months that they just get used to the environment, that helps a lot. You can start with um, just the small baby brushes. There's really small ones that you can get that you can put, pop on your finger that can make it a bit easier to get around those teeth. Um, and also let them brush their teeth as well. That's a good idea. Um, if any of your children are watching uh, The Night Garden, you'll see the Tomley Boos have always got their toothbrush. So that's a good idea. I always tell my daughter, who's now two, I'm like, come on, brush your teeth like the Tomley Boos. So that helps a lot. And um, and yeah, like I said, first dental appointment between six to 12 months, just to get used to the environment, if anything, so that they're aware of things. And, um, and yeah, so they're aware of the environment and they're not scared. I think that's a really good idea. Um, but yeah, don't make it a battle. A lot of parents tell me, you know, it's a battle to brush their teeth. Try not to make it into that because kids are very clever. They get very manipulative. I hope all of that information helps. Bye. I've <laughs> been having um, your, your little demon child back from Greece, back to his real world and his real routine. As he settled back well, in... I does he miss holiday chasing people out of restaurants? <laughs> I can officially say I don't think Otis misses the holiday. Um, I, th- <laughs> I thought we couldn't reach. And neither do any of the other holiday makers <laughs> that were staying in your all-inclusive resort. I, don't, I didn't think we could reach any other dizzying peaks of hell, um, but we have since we got home. We absolutely have. Mm. No, the, the screaming has continued. We have slapping now too, which is phenomenal. Um, but all of that aside, because I think that is a kind of developmental thing mm. that happens, um, we have real attachment issues. So I spoke about previously the fact that Otis's favourite parent is care. And that's becoming more and more obvious and more and more stressful for both of us. Has Kara been doing some kind of secret, like, slipping him treats, like, doing special dances, like, <laughs> watch cartoons he doesn't normally see what's been happening? It could also be that Kara showers more than me, so he probably smells better. <laughs> no, I, I, it's impossible. I'm sure your natural musk outweighs Kara's, mm. you know... Links Africa Christmas set. <laughs> Care, I'm sorry. I know that you're doing the you're doing the production on this later and thinking, I don't have Links Africa Christmas set. I'm just being silly. I'm sure it's very expensive shower gel. He does <laughs> actually he does actually still use Links Africa. That's Well, why wouldn't it you? It smells delicious. <laughs> the links have, there's a links effect for a reason. <laughs> We'll leave it there for today. Okay, <laughs> good luck with Otis this week. He loves you just as much as he loves care. He's just having a wee yeah, daddy yeah. phase. Tell it to the judge. <laughs> uh, right, I'll see you next week. Bye for now. Bye. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Mums in the Making. Join us next week when we'll discuss Father's Day failures, dealing with heat in pregnancy, and inappropriate things people say to new mums. 
Now, if you'd like to get involved in the podcast and become one of our mum squad, then follow me at Storm Huntley on Instagram and send us a voice note. But until next week, it's bye for now. Bye.